Here is a box, a musical box, wound up and ready to play. Can you guess what is in it today? And this is Box 39 Takes a Look at the World. Now, we can't broadcast live at the moment, but just a few weeks ago, and before the recent restrictions on movement and travel came into effect, we sent several friends of the show to various places around the world, entirely at Wivenhoe residence expense. And we asked them to select local music and report back to Com Radio on your behalf and for this show. Now, we only used four-star hotels, no five-star ones, and only flew on business class, no first-class seats. So, no shameless waste here, only smart financing of what you're about to hear. Indeed, who couldn't agree that there is something truly authentic and indeed unquantifiably priceless about sending people out to actually find the music and to get it from far-flung exotic places in person rather than just downloading it from the internet. So yes, your money well spent, we say, and we're sure you will agree. And so now the result is this. Box 39 takes a look at the world here on 106.6 FM Com Radio, available to 7.5 billion people all around the globe via the interweb. Enjoy. So, let's open Box 39 once more. meters high at the top of something called Poon Hill which is near Goropani. Goropani is 2,900 meters high and I've just walked up, it's snowing, snowing here, just walked up 450 meters of sort of sheer steps to this viewing point where you've just got a panorama of mountain peaks There's one I'm looking at now, which is 8,267 metres high. It's the sixth highest mountain in the world. And I'm about, probably about a kilometre, maybe, yeah, maybe a kilometre away from it, two kilometres away from it. But it looks about 50 metres away. Unbelievable. So, we've been walking since nine o'clock this morning. Uh, Fairly exhausted. I've just got to negotiate the downward the downward journey back to my uh, tea house with Emma and my daughter and uh, Raju, the guide, because it's going to be dangerous. It's sub-zero here, minus two, I think, and uh, uh, a little bit out of breath. You can get altitude sickness at about 2,800, so I'm just hoping that uh, I'm not going to get too lightheaded. But I'm just going to have a little rest now. And I'm signing off from Poon Hill, Nepal. (laughs) 
verre Je ne sais vibrer quand par ratonnerre Je suis condamné à l'éclair La foudre éphémère Car si l'on m'aime, l'on doit me consumer Mais demain, oui demain, j'en fais le serment J'ouvrirai les yeux, mes deux yeux tout en grand Sur un bel homme, un bel amant Laissera ma vie sauf tout en m'aimant Fibre de verre, je me suis cassé les dents, le nez sur bien des affaires De cœur trop pincé, de mœurs trop épicées Car pour me plaire, l'on doit me consumer Mais demain, oui demain, j'en fais le serment J'ouvrirai les yeux, mes deux yeux tout en grand Sur toi en somme, mon bel amant Toi qui as si matin tout en m'aimant by Tarek, a tall, bearded man, maybe 40 years old, wearing faded blue jeans, a long white shirt and shiny black shoes. He tells me that he is one of the congregation who worships there and he helps visitors to the temple. He guides me across the wide, white-walled courtyard with its well-maintained large plant pots of hibiscus with its lush, full-bodied blooms of scarlet and gold. Next to these are more pots with musk roses growing several meters high. And the end of their branches are gorgeous and fragrant white flowers. And by some stone steps in one corner, a bunch of zinnias. Their bright cerise flowers, a haven for large powder blue and shimmering green winged butterflies. Tarek leads me up these twisting steps to a rooftop and I can see the old pink city stretched out for miles towards the pale, golden, sunlit mountains in the distance. Tarek tells me that many Hindus in this area are coming to the end of the celebration of the birth of Rama, the seventh incarnation of Lord Vishnu. And for many, including him, this has meant nine days of fasting between sunrise and sunset. Tomorrow, there will be parties and fireworks, and the bigger temples will be very busy at sunset, as processions of boys and girls will enter family homes to give blessings and receive gifts of money in return. He tells me about the different coloured dots that men and women paint on their foreheads. Yellow for fortune, and red for long life. Why don't you have a dot? I ask him. In this heat, he grins. With the amount that I sweat, it will be running down my face in no time.
there is a bustle outside the gift shops which tempt me with great wall coins, great wall souvenirs and a single six foot high artificial Christmas tree which stands in spring heat replete with gold tinsel and bright red shiny baubles. As I sip my coffee and reflect, an 18-year-old British girl is stopped by a young Chinese husband and wife who implore her to hold their young child whilst they take a picture on both their mobiles. The girl agrees, flushed with awkwardness, but also enjoyment at her moment of fame. Within 20 minutes, she has adopted a far more confident manner as she has now become an old hand at the fame game. I counted five more similar requests. On our way here, we passed newly built factory shopping outlets and shopping malls, hewn from the dirty scrubland, wide avenues allowing the coaches to easily enter with their charges fresh from their sweated success at Fortress Number no. 7. And with tourist shopping bargains on their minds, the enormous economic potential of the wall in the 21st century has not gone untapped. I am still in awe of this majestic gift from mankind to the landscape the sheer audacity of its construction, now matched by the open and unashamed exploitation of 21st century tourism. Traffic jams permitting, of course. Listening to Box 39 here on Cone Radio 106.6 FM. Spoken word and music shining a little light in these light challenged times. drive cliff edge roads people walking up them with packs just tied around their shoulders motorbikes carrying three or four people we've arrived at a hindu temple um, we've uh, been allocated our pieces of black and white hatched cloth and we're now ascending the final steps towards the uh, well it looks like a temple a holy shrine and it's quite interesting as we come up various flights of stairs we reach plateaued areas where there are carvings of various deities and there's some interesting patterns of stone laid on the ground and as we're going to ascend further the buildings are beginning to encroach on the path and there's symmetrical gateways that have been created which focus your eye towards the point that we will ultimately reach it's an absolutely tranquil and beautiful scene as we ascend but when you turn and look back down the valley it's quite i mean it's spectacular in another way because this is best described as radio mast central and it is just littered with antennae After making the final ascent of stairs, we've uh, come to the temple area itself, which has a wide 
trench around it, brick lined, well rock lined either side. And then above it there's uh, the base of what ultimately would be a pyramid structure that seems to stop at about a third height. And then within that is the temple itself which we're not allowed access to. But it is what has become the most tranquil place. The only thing that we can see, very steeply rising banks uh, to our sides and above, covered in quite thick lush vegetation with 101 shades of green. And in the background you may be able to hear gators or other insects. with other international students now I move but I used to live in a big house with about 12 rooms we had a big pool it was actually it was a hotel before now it's a house just for internationals the house was really beautiful from the outside it had a lot of uh, Jakarta designs we had some small Buddhist statues My first semester, I used to live with three Germans, five French, and two Dutch girls. So I was the only one from Latin America, the only one speaking Spanish, but I got along really good, with, uh, really well with the other students. Some of them were from the same university as me in Germany, so I knew them before. Um, the house was very beautiful, but the kitchen used to smell really bad and there were a lot of geckos living there. There's a special Indonesian smell, which is like humidity, humidity but it's, it's weird and it's strong. So that was the smell of the kitchen. So <laughs> that's why we never cook and we just to order only food. was a wealthy merchant in London, he did well He had a beautiful daughter, the truth to you all tell Oh, the truth to you all tell She had sweethearts of plenty and men of high degree None but Jack the Sailor, her true love there could be Oh, her true love there could be 
Now Jackie's gone a sailing with trouble on his mind. He's left his native country and his darling girl behind. Oh, his darling girl behind. I went into railing in 1988. I spent uh, about 30 days, I think it was. That was the limit on the ticket. And I travelled over to France, and I went up through Belgium and the Netherlands, across Germany, up to the border with East Germany in those days, and then down through Germany, across France, and down to Spain, and then across Spain, down through Portugal, across the south of Spain, up through the middle of Spain, up through the west coast of France, and eventually up to the to one of the channel ports, Dieppe, I think it was. And uh, what I did is I used to catch trains that were like all-night trains, so I'd go long distances and then just do a bit of tourism when I got to a place. But I'd take the four-hour, five-hour, six-hour train so I could sleep on the trains. Then the next day when I arrived in some European city, at 6am or 5am or 7am, I'd look for the public swimming baths, take a shower, have a swim, get dried, go out and have some breakfast, explore the town, and then that night I would just uh, take a look at the massive Euro timetable and just plot which was going to be the next long overnight train that I was going to catch to get some kip. Every three days I'd stay in a hotel or a hostel in order to try to just recuperate. Thank you. 
Miracle Jester. Are you a bus driver working in one of the 76 countries or territories around the world that drive on the left side of the road? Come and drive a bus around Colchester for a week or two, for free. You take care of your travel and accommodation, and we will keep you busy all day long, every day of your holiday, here in Colchester. There are still plenty of slots available on routes 65, 70, 71, 71A, 71C, 88A, 82 and 82B. Colm Radio, Busman's Holidays and Tours. Another reason to come to Colchester. La bocca ti bacerò, amore, amore, su dimmi, dimmi che mi vuoi bene, come sai dirlo tu, ma baby bobu, boccuccia di rosa, dammi, dammi la primavera, fiore di gioventù. A baby babu, boccuccia di rosa. Oh cara, dimmi che mi vuoi bene, dimmelo con un fiore, un romantico fiore. E se sarà una rosa, la bocca ti bacerò. Amor, amor, amor. Listening to Bill Lawrence, Ian Talentire, and Mike Harwood on Colm Radio and Adrian Cohen, 106.6 FM, out of box 39. Here in Istanbul, we get at least one solid week of snow, and by that I mean it's solid snow. So it, it, for many years, it was exactly the same week every year, it was the last week of January which was a pig because that's the that's one of the two weeks where you're off school anyway, so you're not getting any snow days. Last year, it came end of December, um, and then it came again later. And I'm looking forward to it because the streets where I live, because they're just a little bit off the grid, get completely impassable and people just leave their cars. Um, and they grit the main roads, but they never, they never get to where we are because we're we're on we're on uh, hill slopes, so they can't get the gritters down them. So every year I make a snow thing. I never make a snowman. I usually make a snow pinnacle that looks out over the Bosphorus. But the weird thing is, and and, and when we, that's me and my son were walking around last last uh, snow week. Um, there was absolutely no evidence, no prints, no nothing that anybody had left their homes to even just walk around and look at the snow and certainly no evidence that any children had been in uh, the snow and played with it. It was really bizarre and I just couldn't work out what was going on. Why 
with that amazing snowscape uh, that we were enjoying so much that, that none of the local kids were out and about making things or sort of, and and you know I came up with all sorts of theories about it. Oh, the parents didn't want them to get cold or. Um, you know, it was considered just a nuisance and not a pleasure, or they didn't know what to do with the star. I don't know. I gave up on the reasoning, but mental though, all the same. Absolutely mental. Dennis. I'm from Indonesia. I'm 18 years old. I came from the city of Banten, which is in the island of Java. I've been studying in this IUP course at Gajah Mada University for the last two months. And from the experience I have, the first thing I would recommend for new students is do not bring a car. Just bring a motorcycle since the streets here are very narrow and it would be quite difficult to park. So a motorcycle would be very much more practical for you. And the second advice I can give you is do not eat fast food at McDonald's or KFC. It's because they're pretty expensive compared to other street food in Jogja. Once you purchase McDonald's or KFC, you're gonna realize how much more expensive they are when compared to Javanese noodle or gudeg or lotek or anything else. And the third advice I can give you is pick a nice resident for you to stay because not every boarding house gives you as much facilities as you get for your money. There are other places who can provide you with much more complete facilities and other places that gives you less but at the end of the day you will end up paying the same amount of money. Shall die, I shall die, but still can't do it right. If I can't have that made on the shore, 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 if I can't have 
My strategy is to run almost as slowly as I can for the first 5k and if I've got anything left in the tank when we start to glide downhill after about 6k mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the gears and, and see if I can get that magic time of about an hour Roll, running man. I want to show you something my criteria for success one is I finish it two is I manage to run all the way around Three is I don't injure myself, and four, and you'll have to ask me how I do in this at the end, to get as close as I can to doing it in an hour. I do part run in about 26, so if I double that, it was 52. So I'm obviously not going to do that. So let's see how close I can get to an hour. An hour and four minutes, how do you feel? Absolutely exhausted and panting like <laughs> it. was a bit hot and the terrain was a bit rough, but it was really nice actually, very nice countryside and I enjoyed it. We arrived this morning very early into Adelaide from Perth on the Indian Pacific Railway trip, which is two full days, two nights. And your story about being left behind because you haven't got any luggage is absolutely true. If they haven't got if they haven't got any luggage on board, they're simply not bothered. But it reminded me of a stop that we made at a really godforsaken tumbleweed place called Cook 
which was yesterday afternoon in the middle of the Nullarbor Plain, which you may remember learning about at school when we did, bizarrely, and we certainly did, Australia, in the second term of our first year, having done St Albans in the first term of our first year at Loretto. It was then Australia where we learned about Coolgardie and Kilgourley and the iron and the iron deposits and the gold rush towns. Mary Cook is halfway between Kilgourley and Adelaide, I suppose. It is absolutely in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, we were allowed off the train for half an hour to look around the deserted cottages. There's two people there, I think, part-time in order to service the trains that stop there. But since the privatisation of the railway service in this part of Australia, that's South Australia, West Australia, the only train that takes passengers across is a rather luxury leisure vehicle, which is the um, Indian Pacific Railway. There's no kind of commuter trains at all. It's much, much cheaper to fly, basically. And Cook was abandoned 20-odd years ago to the winds uh, with little sheds now with open windows and little signs of old school books on the floor. A very, very sad place. If your problems won't go away And you're worried night and day Sick, feeling low Got no money, got nowhere to go Hand it over Get on your knees and pray Hand it over, hand it over Give it up, give it over Hand it over Get on your knees Can't find all you need is a hand to hold. It'll heal your body, feed your soul. The road is dark, and you can't find your way. Let the spirit light the way. read this, you're listening to Out of Box 39 on Colm Radio. Well, that was the most extraordinary five minutes. Uh, sat with Adrian and uh, Bill eating our lunch and all of a sudden frenetic activity from the staff as they ran out of the front door and uh, grabbed everything that was on the front step of the restaurant. The uh, ice cream machines, the the scoops and the cones, the A-frames came in, all because of what initially appeared to be a little shower, but turned into an absolute torrent. And as you can probably hear now, we've got traffic coming down the road, going through what are two parallel streams running either side of the road. It was an absolute deluge. Now, we are in Jakarta, in what is classed as the monsoon season um, and it was only brief I say five minutes in length the amount of water that is fallen there are 
torrents of water coming down the uh, the angled driveways from the back gardens of houses into the gutter and as I say we've got streams now running either side of the road it's a fairly steep camber um, but yeah it's all draining away uh, almost as quickly as it came the motorcyclists are now in their capes with their reflective stripes on as they go past and as per usual we've got at least one motorcyclist coming the wrong way down the one-way street message for all those families out there who are sitting together listening to Cone Radio and to Box 39 as we take a look at the world. This is a time when families have been able to spend time together. Daddy, can I borrow your charger? Hey, hey, I'm trying, hey, I'm working here. I'm working. I'm trying to record something for Cone Radio. Get out! Anyway, peace be with you and yours in these difficult times. Your mother and I will do all we can do To work this thing out and to take care of you Families get broken, I know it's a shame It's nobody's fault though, and you're not to blame There was confusion, there was some pain. Who owned what and who would gain? Hotel Freedom here stands so tall and proud. They built it on some common ground. The biggest deal in this town. No one could stop it going down. A sullen native brings me my fries. Some foreign coins should raise a smile. Perhaps he'll show them to his children and watch this world spin in their eyes. It could change their lives. Little white graves behind the school, a fitting end for stubborn fools. 
Hotel freedom goes from strength to strength. They say its chains are gaining ground. When those that count they speak as one, then all the cranes block out the sun. There is a wall around this pool, and little iron bars on every room. This thing called freedom is a noble cause, but we must take steps to contain the common anger that remains. here in Indonesia. I'm just squeezing past a lot of ladies here who are buying stuff. Packets of dried bananas, they're very small, uh, sweet again, they look like they've almost been uh, sugared where Indonesians will come. Hello, hello, hello! <laughs> this lady is offering to sell me little like small potatoes. What are these called? Yeah. What are they called? What's the name? Mali. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very nice. It was a shape of a plum, but clear. Oh. I'm okay. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. We'll dedicate this one to all the lovers. I think in this world, all we need is just love. Me believe, good loving when we need. Me believe, good loving when we need. Me believe, good loving when we need. Cause when it come to girls, I get them with ease. When it come to girls, I get them with ease. No bumping, no boring, I don't get no quiz. They iron the mountain, the cooler the breeze. The younger the couples, the tighter the quiz. Me believe. Good loving when we need, me believe. Good loving when we need, me believe. Good loving when we need. Roses are red, my love. Violets are blue. Sugar is 
sweet, my love, but not as sweet as you. Cause me believe, good love in them we need, me believe, read it. Good love in them we need, me believe, eh. Good love in them we need, cause we are going on a summer holiday. Will you want to go with me? We go into London and New York City and even the place in Miami. I'm going on a summer holiday. Would you want to go with me? We go into London and New York City. Will you want to go, Rosie? Cause every mickle make a muckle, every muckle make a mickle. You never know, yellow couldn't make a good couple. We are the mountain, the cool of the breeze. The younger the couple, the tighter the squeeze. Me believe, eh? Good love in the mini, me believe it. Good love in the mini, me believe, eh? Good love in the mini, me believe. Good love in the mini. If all the girls should be cross the sea. All the girls should be cross the sea. What a great swimmer yellow man would be. What a great swimmer yellow man would be. It was the summer of 1979. I was 11 years old and was excited to be starting my secondary school in September. My sister Yvonne and my father had spent many months poring over Michelin maps. We were going to go on a road trip of 10 European countries in our blue Morris Marina. We spent many, many days in the back of the car, looking out the window, singing. We'll be coming round the mountain when we come and playing endless I Spy games with my brother Adrian. We'd just left Rimini. I was a bit disappointed, really, because that was actually the first place that had a beach and we could have a respite from all the culture that was pretty much wasted on me at the age of 11. All we seemed to have been doing was visiting churches, museums and town centres. So Rimini was really interesting. Yvonne was driving, me and my brother were in the back and my father was in the front and we were on our way now to Ljubljana in Yugoslavia. The road was speechless and fairly straight and boring. No one was talking. I think my father was asleep and I was snoozing in the back and my head was propped up by my hand. Suddenly the car was swerving violently to the right and throwing us to the side and then onto our roof. The noise of scraping metal was very loud and the shuddering came to a sudden halt. When it did, it was very, very quiet. And then I remember someone saying, is everyone all right? Caroline, are you all right? And I was a bit dazed and confused because everything was upside down. Production for Cone Radio. 